Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Corbett Report. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Today is another edition of the Questions for Corbett edition of our podcast series, whereby, exactly as you would expect, I answer questions that come in from the listeners. And as always, you know the drill by now. The easiest ways to get your questions in is through the contact form on CorbettReport.com, via Twitter, at CorbettReport, or in the comment section of this YouTube video. Or, of course, you can always send in a video response and word to the wise if you want to make sure to get your question answered. Priority is given to video questions. And on that very note, we have a follow-up video question from someone who appeared on the last edition of Questions for Corbett, the YouTube user No Longer a Theory. So let's turn to his video. So my question is, if 87% of the population is still uh, getting their information from the TV, essentially still buying into the left-right paradigm, what do you see that's going to change that? Like, I, I don't, personally, I don't think it's going to be something that's just going to gradually come down from that 87%, eventually 50, and then everybody will just be awake and aware and getting their information from the internet. I, I don't see that happen. I, the only way I see something like that, this changing, is if uh, we have a change in global consciousness, like something affects everybody in a detrimental enough way that they, they are forced to question the structure, the governments, things of this nature. So my question is, do you see it going down differently? Uh, your take on that would be awesome. Again, thank you for everything you do. I would learn a new word every time I watch one of your uh, podcasts. Take care, and uh, thanks, James. Thank you very much for that video. No longer a theory. So once again, you can check out his YouTube page, and I do appreciate the question, although I will dispute the way that you pose the question, because you say that you don't believe that people will st simply start tuning out of the television and uh, the mainstream propaganda news media and just start tuning into the internet, and thus the alt media, and thus awakening. On the contrary, I think that is exactly what's happening, and that's a process that we've been documenting for some time, especially, for example, on New World Next Week, where we followed a few of these polls over the years showing the internet eclipsing radio and television as sources of news, of news for the general public and starting to creep up against uh, television news, which is still the most common source of news for most people in America and in other uh, Western democracies. But, uh, but still, it, the internet is gradually creeping up on those numbers and it is starting to eclipse the old paradigm. And that is again being backed up by numbers that are coming out in polls that are coming out literally every month. I'll just point to a couple that I will link up in the show notes. The first one from February from Rasmussen. A poll found only 6% rate news media as very trustworthy. And another poll just out last month from Gallup. Uh, Americans' confidence in Congress falls to lowest on record, which also notes that the, uh, the, con the confidence that the general public has in television news and in newspapers has fallen to 23%. So very little confidence at all in these news media, which more and more people are realizing is owned by the same handful of corporations that are in bed with the government and that they are broadcasting 24-7 propaganda. More and more people are tuning out of the propaganda and tuning into the internet. Once again, I can personally attest to that from just what's, what I see from my own website and the the people who are tuning in every single day to the alt media. 
So I think we are having an effect. I think we really are seeing an eclipse of the old media paradigm, and we are seeing the rise of the new media paradigm, which is not 100% under their control. Of course, that raises the question of how they're going to attempt to clamp down to try to stifle the uh, the rising internet phenomenon. But at any rate, this, I think, ties nicely into that positive uh, podcast episode we just released, looking at the ways that we are still winning. And I think that this is definitely one of them. There is an eclipse happening right now. More people are tuning into the alt media. More people are sourcing their their news directly from the internet and through um, alt media sources. So I would say that is a positive trend. But as I say, there will inevitably be a a clampdown or a kickback uh, on this as the internet continues to outpace and outstrip the old dinosaur media. They will try to, to clamp it down. They will try to suppress it. They will try to find ways to stop the free flow of information on the internet. So a month or two ago, I put out an episode of the podcast in response to the SOPA and PIPA and ACTA and the Trans-Pacific Partnership and all the other agreements and treaties and other things that are being signed or at least attempted to be signed behind the scenes that would clamp down on the internet. And we put out a, a podcast episode, Solutions Pirate Internet, in which we explored wireless mesh networking as a possible alternative to the internet as we've known it, one that would not be censorable by the powers that shouldn't be. Well, on that exact uh, regard, we had an email in recently from Richard who writes, James, in your latest video, you mentioned wireless mesh networking. I looked into it a little. Just wondering if you have any products to suggest or that you, 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 you yourself use. This is for home use. All I have now is a desktop computer and iPhone and a wireless router for my phone and streaming Netflix on Blu-ray player. Thanks. Thank you for the question, Richard. It's a valuable question. I'm sure there are other people in the audience who have that question. So I will point you to a resource that I included in the links in the uh, episode on Pirate Internet. It's a website called localorg.blogspot.com. It's uh, run by uh, Tony Cardellucci of Land Destroyer Report, who has been missing in action lately. I haven't seen anything new posted to Land Destroyer or Local Org recently, so I certainly hope he's just taking a much-needed breather and will be back in the near future, continuing to produce his quality content as usual. But in the meantime, not only can you look at the Decentralizing Telecom article that I highlighted in that previous podcast episode, I'll also put in a link to an article called The Pirate Box and Internet Freedom, talking about uh, tools and software that you can use on your own desktop as it exists right now to turn your desktop into a a router-based LAN and to start your own a pirate internet, basically. So I will put that in the links uh, in the show notes for people who are interested. And again, it's the kind of thing where if there's only one or two people who are doing it, it's not going to be worth anything at all. But if there are hundreds or thousands, or if you can get a community together to, to start doing this, it is the revolution. And that is how we can get around all of the censorship that they attempt to throw at us through their phony baloney legislation. Moving right along, we have a lot to cover today, so let's move quickly today. We have an email in from Mitch. She says, James, what's your take on the theory that Snowden isn't entirely who he purports to be? That this is that this info isn't anything we didn't know already? That the real purpose of the leak is to discourage whistleblowers? If you speak out, then you will have to abandon your family and go into hiding for the rest of your life to avoid being whacked. Uh, very good question, Richard. Uh, sorry, Mitch. And I have received this question from other people, so I know that a lot of people are wondering about this. And I did post, for example, in uh, my recent subscriber newsletter, I posted a link to uh, 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 
Virginia Woolf? No. <laughs> Naomi Wolf's uh, recent musings and ponderings about Snowden and whether he is who he purports to be. And I certainly agree that the timing of this is very suspect. The type of information that's coming out and being dwelt upon is really nothing that we didn't know already. In fact, we already knew more, as I've highlighted before from some of the previous NSA whistleblowers. So I do have my suspicions about what's behind this, whether or not Snowden is a willing dupe in all of this, or if he's simply being duped and being fed false documents or being allowed to go around and and spill the beans on things that aren't uh, aren't really the, the bottom of the, the rabbit hole. That's definitely a possibility, and I'm certainly open to the suggestion, and uh, when you see people like Assange and WikiLeaks getting involved, it starts to look more and more like it might be some type of limited hangout. But at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not this is real, my take on this is it doesn't matter. What this what this really is, in my estimation, is an incredible opportunity now that the NSA is in play. People not only have heard of the NSA now, they actually have some understanding of what they're doing, and at least the general idea that everyone is being spied on is getting out into the population, and the vast majority of people that I've seen commenting on this in real life and on the internet do think that this is a disgusting breach of privacy. So the game is in, in play right now, the ball is in motion, and it doesn't matter who put it in motion, how it's in motion, whatever. The point is that we can use that that play and hopefully steer it towards what we want to steer it towards, which is to wake people up to the fact that this isn't doesn't have anything to do with Congress or the president or this administration or that administration, nothing to do with the political football game. It's everything to do with the real football game, if you will, the real game between freedom and liber- uh, freedom and oppression, freedom and tyranny that's being waged between us and the very, very top of the pyramid. And uh, when people start to understand what's really happening and start to see that all-seeing eye in the capstone of the pyramid and what it really represents, that is a huge breakthrough. And I know there are a lot of people who have been shaken out of their dogmatic slumbers precisely because of this issue. So again, at the end of the day, Edward Snowden, real, not real, I'm open to, to information indicating either way. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's important. I think the most important thing that we have to be doing right now, instead of trying to decry what Snowden or Greenwald or other people are talking about right now, it's infinitely more important to be pushing the real information. For example, the recent interviews uh, uh, with Russ Tice and and some of that information, or some of the previous interviews and previous admissions from people like Mark Klein and William Binney and J. Kirk Wybie and and James Banford's excellent work on this subject. All of that now being kind of... swept under the rug as everyone concentrates on Snowden. And I've even seen people saying that Snowden's revelations are responsible for us knowing about the uh, the echelon system, etc., which, of course, we've known about for uh, 25 years. So, a- absolutely, I think people are getting distracted too much by Snowden. I think we should be concentrating more on the actual information. Once again, let's move on. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Let's move to an email from Jeff, who writes... The question I have for you is how can I go about buying gold with, without getting robbed or schemed here in America? How can I make sure I am getting quality gold that is not counterfeit and what forms of gold should I buy? Uh, excellent questions, Jeff. Those are very important questions for people who are looking into gold. And I don't know if you've been following, but now is uh, the best buying opportunity we've seen in some time as uh, gold prices plunge and potentially continue to plunge throughout the summer. There's a very good chance that there there may even go even lower than they are right now, which I believe are at through two or three year lows. So there has been a drop in gold prices recently. I consider it a buying opportunity as I know that the central banks behind the scenes continue to buy 
at a record pace and try to collect as much physical gold as they can for what they know is coming in the next round of these currency wars that we've seen developing for months now. The uh, the bubble and the ending of QE and all of this, I think, is uh, is uh, totally smoke smoke and mirrors. And it may they may be able to drag it out for another few months, another few years even. But at some point, it is going to collapse. So I am uh, personally going to be buying some more gold very soon. And I suggest that people who are in a position to do so, do so as well. And this is, again, not for a quick fix investment or not a hope that there's going to be some sudden spike in price, but because it is a, uh, a recognized store of value, has been for 20 500 years and will likely continue to be in the future. So I'm looking for the long-term store of value value of gold. So in that regard, I'm not going to. I wouldn't suggest a particular dealer. I don't have any relationship with any dealer and I don't suggest, I don't recommend anyone in particular. I've never bought gold in America. I I don't know anything about that scene, so I'm not going to pretend to. Uh, But I would say just as general investment advice, just like any other major purchase, major big ticket item that you'd buy, I suggest you do your homework ahead of time. And whoever you end up going with, I hope it's someone that you've vetted, that you've talked to other customers, that you've uh, talked to them and asked them your questions, and that you're comfortable with them as a dealer. And once that's established, order a little bit and see how it goes, see if the order gets fulfilled and if everything's okay, and then maybe you can increase your purchases from there. And again, just like anything else, why not diversify? It doesn't mean you have to do all of your purchases through one dealer. You might want to have a few of them in case whatever kind of disruption might come come up in the future. Regarding the counterfeiting side of all of this, that's an extremely important uh, point because... Unfortunately, as people might know, there has been some some very um, very troubling recent signs of counterfeit coming into the gold bar market, where there's been gold bars with uh, tungsten rods found in them, and even uh, Credit Suisse bars that are uh, completely phony um, inside. They're all tungsten. Very very worrying, um, especially as more and more people are turning to physical gold, not the paper gold that's not worth the the money that the paper that it's printed on, but the real physical gold is more and more people want to collect. There will be more counterfeit shenanigans going on. So you have to be aware that that's happening and you have to at least be, um, be wary enough of it so that you can defend yourself. I will throw in a link to goldsilver.com. Again, I'm not suggesting I'm not recommending them as a dealer. You can source that for yourself, but they do have a a report that they put out this past April, how to avoid fake silver and counterfeit gold products, including a useful video. So if you want to check that out, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can go and uh, and read more about that. It's an extremely important thing. Once again, I'm not going to recommend anyone in particular, but I do hope that uh, people out there are thinking about this for their their long-term storage of wealth as we enter these extremely interesting times. And there are some very interesting moves coming up in the markets in uh, September. So it looks like the bears might have uh, have it locked, uh, sorry, the bulls might have it locked in for the summer in the stock market, the bears in the precious metals market. But I think that's probably going to flip uh, later this year, if not, uh, if not sooner. Um, let's tune to uh, a tweet that we got in via Twitter um, from at Twisted Politics, who tweets, what do you think of Glass-Steagall? And that is a, an extremely good question. Thank you for asking that. Glass-Steagall, of course, being the legislation that has existed or had existed from the 1930s up until the late 1990s that kept the investment side of the, the banks apart from the, the, uh, the phony, funny money gambling derivative casino economy side of the banks and kept those two two parts of the bank banking institutions apart Glass-Steagall destroyed uh, when that was repealed under Clinton actually that was destroyed and we saw 
the craziness that developed in the housing market with the subprime loans and the mortgage-backed securities and all of that that led to the meltdown and fiasco in 2006, 7, 8, and brought us to the current situation. So uh, a lot of people say, well, we need to bring back Glass-Steagall that worked for 60-plus years. That was what was, uh, what was keeping everything under control in the derivatives market. To a certain extent, that may even be, tr- be true, but I would, as usual, in my contrarian way, I would worry and caution people against the idea of regulations as uh, government regulations to try to, to control the markets, which themselves are fundamentally, at their base, skewed by governmental manipulation. The fundamental government manipulation of the control over the money supply, which is in the hands of the Fed, which, granted, is a f- private corporation, but nonetheless does serve the interest of the bought and paid for U.S. government. So I think that uh, the fundamental manipulation of money supply, of interest rates, is what motivates the entire economy, which is what drives everything. The only reason people are in stocks, for the most part, is because of the, the printing policies of the Fed, which inflates the bubble of the stock market, which means that if you're in money, instead of if you're in the cash that passes for money, instead of in the stock market, you'll lose out. So everyone puts their money in that. People are being forced and directed in different ways, different economic avenues, precisely because there are government regulations and government control through institutions like the Federal Reserve. So without a fundamental critique of the entire system as it's developed, and without the understanding that the only freedom is going to come through complete freedom, including the freedom to to compete in different currencies and all of that, which could be done by the repeal of legal tender laws and the like, uh, until we realize that, I think we're going to be lost in this game of trying to regulate, because regulation... I'll say it, I said it before, I'll say it again. All laws, regulations, and policies are politically political in nature and selectively enforced. That means that the rules will only ever be applied to those institutions they want in the way that they want for the period of time that they want. So you can put whatever laws you want in the books. I don't think it's going to make a difference. I don't think Glass-Steagall is the answer. For more on this, I hope people will turn to episode 227 of my podcast, The Regulation Trap, where we talked about this in great detail. So I hope you'll turn there to get the bigger perspective. But in the end, no, I don't think Glass-Steagall is ultimately going to be the savior. I don't think it's what we should be aiming at. I think we should be aiming at a truly free economy. Uh, Let's turn over to uh, a few questions that have come in um, that have to do with the website itself. Again, there are more people who are tuning into CorbettReport.com every single day. And if it is your first time there, I know there are some functions and things that you might want to do there that you might not know how to. So let's turn to the desktop and we'll hit upon a few of these questions that have come in. Okay, here we are on the desktop at CorbettReport.com. So we have a few questions in regarding the website and how to use it. Uh, first up, we have Alex who writes, uh, Hey James, have you ever had Michael Parenti on the show or do you ever intend to? Uh, this is a question I get a lot from a lot of different people, obviously asking about different people as guests. Um, have I talked to this or that person? Will I talk to this or that person? Uh, if you ever want to know the answer to that, uh, the best way, of course, you can either search the interviews tab to see if I've talked to them in the past or perhaps a little bit easier, just use the search bar up here in the top right corner of the, the banner. There is a search bar 
bar, just click in there and type in the name. For example, if you want Michael Parenti, just type in Parenti, and it will bring up all of the uh, the instances of Parenti in the uh, the Corbett Report archives. As you can see, that also includes things as Parenting, because that uh, Parenti is in there. But eventually, you can scroll down and you can find, in fact, yes, interview 162, Michael Parenti. So we have talked to him in the past. So that's uh, that's a very useful part of the uh, Corbett Report um, website. The search bar, again, is your friend, no matter what topic or uh, or person you're looking for more information on. A uh, good place to start if you're looking to see if I've covered something in the past. Uh, next up, we have Jeannie, who writes, the RSS feeds on your website don't seem to work. Uh, is there something I need to do that I'm not doing? Well, uh, that's a very good question. Again, this is a difficult part, um, I understand, for a lot of people with the RSS feeds. The, you, you have the, uh, the RSS link, for example, here down in the subscribe. There's the iTunes. You can click on that directly to subscribe in iTunes to the podcast, or you can subscribe um, via this RSS feed, the RSS feed also up here. But uh, if you're interested in subscribing to RSS feeds, why don't we go to subscribe? Click on the subscribe button, and here is the different feeds that we have. The podcast, the radio show, which is defunct now, obviously, videos, interviews, and articles. And you can subscribe to all of those individually, or you can subscribe to the main RSS feed, which is everything that comes out. So you can choose what you want to subscribe to. And again, unfortunately, iTunes, for whatever reason, has kicked me out of their iTunes store and will not put me back on, and they've never explained why. Huh, go figure. So there is a video down here where it says this video. Just click on that if you want to find out specifically step-by-step how to subscribe to the RSS feeds in iTunes, for example. But uh, I will save uh, the, the process of repeating that all here. Again, you can just click on that button and you'll get the video and you can see how to subscribe. But that's that's the basics. And for people who don't know anything about RSS feeds, I suggest you go and type that into a search uh, bar because you can find out more about RSS feeds and how to use them. They are useful for keeping up to date with your uh, favorite podcasts and or websites and or what have you. And in this case, it's definitely a good way to keep up with the latest news and information from the Corbett Report. But as always, if you have truly no idea how to use RSS feeds and it's too difficult to to figure out how, you can always subscribe via email over here in the subscribe form. You just type in your email address, submit, you confirm your email address, and you will get an email every day when there is something new posted to the website. Okay, and finally, uh, along these lines, we have an email in from Aiden who writes, uh, you always say links in the show notes. Where do I find this information? Um, You always mention the show notes and certain links, but I don't seem to be able to find a show notes tab. All right, yes, absolutely. This is a good question. So, uh, for example, if you're watching a podcast, for example, on YouTube, and I say something about the show notes and you don't know what I'm talking about, please go to CorbettReport.com, click on the podcast tab. You will get this screen. It shows you, for example, all the latest podcasts you can go and si- scroll back through the uh, previous ones using the next page option, or you can use this drop-down menu uh, to go through all of the previous podcast episodes. But uh, let's say, for example, you want to find the show notes for episode 273. Just click on episode 273, and down here at the bottom, this documentation, this is the show notes. So all of these links are the links that I talk about during the podcast episode, and they always have the uh, the time index there, so you can find out, for example, if I say at 3.53, if I say something about a certain podcast episode, well, there is the link, and it's at time reference 3.53. So there is the show notes for episode 273. In a 
a similar way, I'll sometimes say that for the interviews as well. So, for example, if you're listening to an interview and you want to uh, to find uh, more information, for example, I'm talking to Niall Bowie and you want to find Niall Bowie's website, again, you can click on the actual interview itself. And when that comes up, uh, it will have, for example, the, uh, the links to Niall Bowie's uh, articles that I talk about. So in this case, this is what the show notes are. I mean, basically the show notes are just the description that's written and they will contain the links to whatever information is pertinent in some way or form. And again, the direct link to the show notes is always in the YouTube video itself. So for example, if you're watching this particular Questions for Corbett on YouTube, just look down underneath the video. It will say show notes and MP3. You click on that link, it'll send you to the page where at the bottom you'll find all the links uh, that are that are mentioned. So whenever I say links in the show notes, that's exactly what I mean. All right. Thank you all for those questions. And moving along to a similar question, a uh, technical question, we have Susan who writes, I want to learn how to set up a blog slash website, offer my writings to a broader range than just my 30 email friends. I don't do Facebook, never Twittered, my cell is for text only, still have a landline. Can you spend one podcast on teaching us computer literate but internet virgins how to get our writings out there? Uh, this is a very good question, and it goes right in the line with everything that I've been saying and everything that I hope that this podcast motivates people to do, because at the end of the day, again, I don't care if you agree or disagree with me or if you have your own viewpoints. The only thing I care about is that more people join this conversation and get their own viewpoint out there. I think that that is part of the answer and part of the solution. So my hat's off to everyone who is motivated to get their hat in the ring and to start uh, contributing to this process. And in that regard, I have done a, an episode of my radio show in the past where I've uh, specifically told people uh, how to create the Corbett Report, um, episode 149 of the radio broadcast. I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can uh, access that directly, where I went through all of the uh, the equipment that I use and how I do the podcast and the vodcast and all of this. Um, and also, there's just been an excellent new video released from Tragedy and Hope with a three-way conversation between Jan Powers and Richard Grove of Tragedy and Hope and uh, James M. Pilato of Media Monarchy, where they talk about how to create a podcast. A very valuable resource. So for people who are interested in that aspect of it, I hope you will go and check that out. Um, regarding setting up a blog specifically, it is actually extremely easy to do these days, and it can be done for free if you're willing to to do the compromise and, and go with one of the main um, blogging sites like uh, blogger.com or what, blogspot or whatever they call it these days from Google. Um, and or one of the big companies, you can do it for free. You can do it pretty much instantaneously. The downside being that it is hosted by Google or or who ha uh, whoever it may be, depending on on which uh, service you decide to use. Or you can go through your own uh, website on your own servers, like I do. But that's a lot more of an investment. And for people who are just getting off the ground, you might want to start off on a blogging uh, platform like uh, Blogspot. Um, for people who are interested in that, just type "how to start a blog" into uh, startpage.com or your search engine of choice and go from there. It literally will only take a few minutes and it's something you can teach yourself how to do very quickly. And uh, and once you do, and once you've got your website set up, then you're pretty much ready to go. You, you start uh, writing your articles and I suggest you submit them like crazy to all of the alternative news websites that you uh, that you look at where you pub that publish uh, that publish news articles. Of course, of course, the Corbett Report doesn't publish third-party articles, but uh, there are lots of sites out there that do. And I suggest that uh, once you've got your own website going, you start tweeting it out, you start getting it on the social media, and you start uh, uh, emailing to to various websites to try to get the word out. And that's how you can start to build up uh, build up your own base. And hopefully, 
All I know is that the more of us out there doing this, the better it will be for for humanity itself, as uh, ultimately the solution will not come from any one person with any one message. It will come from all of us in- engaging in this societal conversation and coming up with all sorts of a plethora of different answers and solutions. Uh, moving on to matters perhaps more serious, um, we have some some gloomy uh, questions about the endgame and where this is all heading and some of the ways that we can get there. Let's uh, get straight into that with Eddie, who writes... I have a very important question for you in regards to the eugenics uh, that the elite are conducting. I don't listen to Alex Jones as much as I used to, but at times he seems to suggest that in the near future there's going to be a bioweapons release. If there is going to be a release of bioweapons, when will they be released, or do the elite just plan to kill us slowly? End quote. Uh, well, a very good question. This is a question that has uh, come up uh, many times in the past and will continue to do so because as we w- witness events like the 2009 uh, swine flu scare and all of those uh, kinds of shenanigans, we will uh, we will definitely see a lot of speculation about these types of false flag events and how these viruses can be created in labs and how they continue to be created in labs as has come out. Um, from various different things. Uh, we, all, we also know that they dug up the 1918 Spanish flu uh, several years ago, etc. The, the the Pentagon actually was involved in that, so I'm sure we're in good hands there, etc., etc. So we know that these bioweapons are being made, they are being crafted in laboratories. There certainly is the possibility they could be released in some sort of false flag event, and that is a scary possibility, possibility because, of course, if it's crafted and created in just the right way, it can cause unbelievable, unimaginable uh, pain, suffering, and death throughout the population. So that is something that we have to be wary of. Um, but personally, if I was part of this bioweapons, eugenics-obsessed uh, crew that wants to depopulate the planet, I think it would be much more effective to do the slow cancer virus releases and, and uh, other things that will take years and decades and perhaps a generation or two, but will eventually get the the people there in towards uh, killing off vast swaths of the population in a way that's so slow motion that most people will never wake up to it. And in fact, uh, once again, I'll, I'll cite The Lancet, as I did in a recent New World Next Week, where they talk about uh, uh, how sky- cancer sky- rates are skyrocketing. And I believe by 2050 or, or somewhere thereabouts, they're going to be in, in the neighborhood of uh, 75% increase or, or whatever it was they were predicting. Just phenomenal rates of cancer increases that we're seeing across the board. Again, why is this happening? Could it have anything to do with all of the toxic chemical crap that our world is being flooded with right now through all of the products we're consuming? Yes, it can. And again, this can be part of a coordinated and thought out agenda that's been advocated for generations now in terms of uh, of feminizing the male population, um, making sure that the the sperm rates are decreasing, people are less fertile, and and just throughout the board uh, playing havoc with our endocrine systems and with, uh, with everything else that they can think of to try to minimize the amount of people who are having healthy, happy, and uh, long, long reproductive lives. Let's uh, let's move on to some related questions on some of these types of issues. We have one from Bert who writes, uh, Lately, the three big GMO players have declared they would no longer try to sell GMOs to the weary EU population. In the week following, the Brits openly embraced GMOs for Britain and then promised to help the GMO cause in the EU. It was clearly just a change of tactics. My question to you, do you think the big GMO uh, crew will ever give up? Uh, well, thank you for the softball question. Of course, the answer to that is no, they're not going to give up anytime soon. They're not going to go away. They're not going to turn tail between, uh, turn tail between their legs and run away. 
Uh, I think you're exactly right. Them saying, oh, we'll just give up on EU is, I think, a smokescreen. And we have seen in recent weeks uh, Britain going crazy trying to uh, promote GMOs and embrace them fully. And we've seen some of the other uh, nightmare situations coming true, for example, in Oregon, where somehow, some, some through some method that we just can't pin down, some of the experimental GMO wheat that wasn't meant for public consumption somehow got added to the food supply. So who knows how that happened? Um, so we've seen this happening. We've seen um, uh, the, the moves, uh, just the inexorable moves towards the GMO uh, uh, agenda and the basically the the taking over of the biosphere by a select few companies with their Terminator seeds and their patents and their iron fist control over the food supply, which is a nightmare scenario. And that really is an end game scenario that we have to avoid at all costs, which is why it is so important for people to be taking up the real solution of planting your own food and or sourcing your own food locally and trading locally for your own food so that we can get off of the big Big agri, big food, industrial food production system. Um, that is definitely a key part of this. So no, the GMO companies are not going to give up and people who want to know more about their agenda, again, I could not recommend highly enough the work of, G, uh, of uh, F. William Engdahl in his book Seeds of Destruction and also his extremely important article uh, Doomsday Seed Vault in the Arctic which we've read a few times on the podcast in the past. Very important pieces of work and I also touched on this in uh, in a recent podcast episode about the, G- the, G- the genetic revolution, the GMO revolution which I'll link up in the podcast uh, show notes. So, um, moving on to uh, other parts of this agenda, keeping on that note of GMO and and the like, uh, we have an email from Corey who writes, I've now learned that the U.S. accepts GMOs and fluorides much more than the rest of the world, particularly Europe I'm thinking of. If some of the global elite stem from European countries and places outside of the U.S., why does it feel like they're promoting this special plan just for us in the U.S.A.? Uh, If the GMOs and fluorides are being foisted upon us for nefarious purposes, why not the rest of the world as well? End quote. Um, well, I mean, that's that's a good observation. I think that there are the things that are happening in the U.S. are different in nature than, for example, Europe and other places. Again, people can get locked into the localism where they see what's happening in, in the U.S. with the integration of GMO into the food supply or the addition of fluoride to the water and think that that's just how the rest of the world operates when it certainly doesn't. Uh, Japan banning um, GMOs, not fluoridating the water supply. Europe um, trying to get rid of GMOs. Uh, a lot of the European countries, most of the European countries not fluoridating, etc. So it is not a pervasive all around the world 100% agenda. That's important to keep in mind. Well, the agenda is, but the, the implementation isn't. And I, I honestly think it's just a question of, uh, uh, of using the U.S. as the establishment uh, precedent. If they, can, if they can get that precedent firmly established and get it in the, uh, the American population, then other countries will fall like dominoes, Canada, etc. Uh, tend to fall in line with what's happening. And the even more insidious part of this, through trade deals like the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, uh, you can slip these types of uh, lowest common denominator standards when it comes to GMOs or fluoride or whatever it may be. You can slip those standards into treaties, which are then hardwired into law without ever having to even pass through Congress or Parliament or what have you. Never have to get uh, even seen by lawmakers. Never have a public discussion. The public doesn't even know it's the law of the land until it's already hardwired into law by these treaties that are signed behind closed doors, behind the scenes, which is why things like the TPP are so important, because they are uh, 
potentially threatening to completely change the landscape when it comes to these types of issues, including what kinds of foods uh, can or cannot be banned by individual countries. And, uh, and that's, I think, one of the most insidious parts of this. I think the U.S. might just be the base where they establish this through their companies like Monsanto and Syngenta and all of those which are based in the U.S. And through the trade deals, they can get that uh, basically hardwired into law around the world through their trading partners. So I think we have to uh, resist it wholeheartedly wherever it springs up. And if, uh, if America is a focal point for that resistance and if we can get it uh, get out of the food supply in America, that would be a huge victory because that would be a, a big uh, move in the other direction from their agenda. So I think the agenda is global, but I think that the, uh, a lot of the focus is on certain places like the United States right now where this is uh, being established and being hardwired so that it can then be spread around the globe. So again, there are certain focal points of resistance that might be important and might be pressure points that might be uh, privy to leverage that we can use against it. Finally, let's talk about the big agenda that we're kind of dancing around here. We've got an email from Richard. Uh, what you have been uncovering scares the hell out of me. What are the motives of the puppet masters? Do, you, do they know something that we don't, which may be driving their actions? Are they some kind of devil worshippers? How else can you explain their sick behavior? What is their endgame? Well, Richard, this is the big question. This is the question everyone is asking about or and or speculating about and or everyone has their own pet theory, etc. And this is kind of what's behind all of this, whether we're talking about GMOs and fluoride or whether we're talking about the, the war agenda, whether we're talking about total government surveillance, whatever one of the topics that we cover here that you want to talk about, they all do source back to this big question. If there is this capstone of the pyramid and there are the very few at the very top puppeteering this system, why are they doing it? To what, a, to what end? And what will that end game actually look like for them? Well, uh, again, uh, there's a lot to be said about that, and in some ways, I hope that the entire, the entirety of the Corbett Report and all of the work that I've done has been towards illuminating various aspects of that agenda, illuminating various aspects of the agenda, the illuminists at the top who are puppeteering this. As to who they are, what's driving their actions, do they have access to secret privy inf information that they're privy to that's, that's making them do this? Of course, I think that they put that meme into the general population on purpose through things like uh, like our, uh, 2012 or, or movies like that, where they're, they know that the end of the world is coming, but they can't tell the population, so they have to build these arcs secretly so that they can help a few people to survive, blah, blah, blah. They want you to believe that there's something like that happening behind the scenes so that they can basically justify all of their secrecy and and all of the stuff that they're doing. I think this is what the structure of the the secret societies that a lot of this is based on is is built up upon whether you're whether you're looking at the Freemasons or whoever. It's always about if oh at the top of the Freemason organization you can find out the real truth. There's little bits of truth given you along the way and then at the top you find out everything. You find out the big picture and they use that big picture as the hook to hook people along. Why do people join organizations like the Freemasons in the first place. It's for the allure that uh, there's uh, secret connections that, that will give them power and access to power and also the allure that there's some big truth, some big revelation at the end of that road, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that they can use to hook people in. I think it's baloney. I don't think there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I think they just string people along with that and the people in the very, very core of that system know that and uh, laugh with glee and rub their hands with glee as they, as they get more and more
more people hooked in with that mystery. Um, at the end of the day, I think that truly, truly, the uh, whether it's uh, shape-shifting reptiles from the planet Zupton, or it's uh, Freemasons, or it's devil worshippers, or it's psychopaths, or whatever it is that... Uh, it forms the nucleus of these people, or whether it's some kind of combination, whether it's uh, something like that or something d d entirely different, at the end of the day, that in and of itself is a type of distraction from the solutions. Assuming we do want solutions to this, rather than concentrating on the problems, rather than concentrating on the people who are making the problems and keeping us pinned down, not just through economic means, but through every possible means to propagandize us and to control our consciousness. The people who are trying to do that, if we fixate on them and their agenda, what they're trying to do and what how they're doing it, then we will never see our way towards constructing the alternative system, which doesn't have anything to do with them, doesn't have anything to do with their agenda, what they want to have happen. If we can construct the local, grassroots, real solutions to this, which involves all of the things that we've talked about in the past, including, of course, sourcing and growing your own food and, and sourcing local food and trading locally, you know, participating in alternative and complementary community currencies that have nothing to do with the phony baloney fiat money they're foisting upon us, um, whether it comes to of finding alternative media and alternative ways of propagating that media, not through the controlled gadgets and goo-gads that uh, Apple and other uh, insider elite corporations make, but through uh, uh, technology that we source and put together and, and operate ourselves through pirate internet and things like that. However, uh, there there's all sorts of solutions. Again, we've documented time and time again on this podcast, but those are the real solutions that it doesn't matter what psychopaths, uh, what what motivates the psychopaths at the top, what who they are or why they're puppeteering this system. The only thing that matters is what we can do in our own lives to get out of that system and withdraw ourselves from their phony baloney rigged game completely. As long as we play their game, we will lose. If we withdraw ourselves from that game and start our own game, there's nothing that, that they can ultimately do about that if enough people join together in that. That is the ultimate possibility positive message. And that's why I hope, unlike uh, Richard, who I'm sorry if I've scared the hell out of you with this information, reality can be very scary. But the beyond the fear, beyond the, the terror at the system they're constructing is the hope in the system that we can come together to construct constructively. And uh, again, that's something that we're trying to highlight as much as possible here, the solutions, the positive steps that can be taken. So once again, I'll encourage you, if you're uh, new to the Corbett Report, please type the word solution into the search box on CorbettReport.com and browse some of the archives for some of the things that we've talked about in the past in that regard. And as always, I'm always interested in your feedback, your input, your comments, your questions, your criticisms, all of that. Very much inter uh, interested, so please send it in. Contact form at CorbettReport.com. Tweet it at CorbettReport. Leave it in the comments of this uh, YouTube video and or post your own video response, your YouTube video asking your own question for the next edition of Questions for Corbett. Once again, I do appreciate all of the stuff that comes in. I do try to read it all. I do not have time to physically answer all of the emails that come in. So if you don't get a personal reply, please don't take it personally. But I do appreciate your input and your feedback, as always. And that's going to do it for today. This is James Corbett, CorbettReport.com, signing off. Looking forward to talking to you again real soon.